0: This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoilers. And now we move on to another film that had a lot of effects in it, and our hero this time around, well... It's Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. And here we have a man who goes for a virtual vacation of memories on the planet Mars. An unexpected and harrowing series of events forces him to go to the planet for real. Or does he? (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. We have Douglas Quaid played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's a common man married to the lovely Sharon Stone. And then he is told that he's a secret... Agent, uh, guy. He's a special, this really badass guy, and he ends up going to Mars to find out who he really is. And he ends up getting involved in a number of, uh, in a political struggle there on Mars. <laughs> and we see how that unfolds as he takes on the uh, descendant of the bad guy from Robocop. So, uh, let's <laughs> talk. Uh, Total Recall. Now, I know we talked about it uh, before, but I want to talk about it a little more in depth uh, and get some opinions of people who weren't on that podcast. Uh, Cole, Total Recall for you, uh, what are your initial thoughts with it when uh, you saw it?
1: Man, I saw it in the theater, and... Was blown away. Uh, I remember the final few moments of the film where they lean in and kiss. Uh-huh. I remember very specifically, and I, how old was I? 1990, so I was 11 or 12. Uh-huh. I remember very specifically thinking, oh man, don't let him wake up in the chair. Don't let, <laughs> don't let him wake up in the chair at recall. Like, I was really invested in this notion of whether or not it's fantasy or not, you know, through the whole thing. And, oh, the action scenes are so good. The direction is so good. Um, This is like a – I didn't do any preparation to talk about Total Recall because I love it so much. I mean, this is a great film. It's a perfect film. Um, it, it, it its only weakness might be that it's uh plays in the male fantasies quite a bit, but again, that's right in alignment with the character's mental state. So, Sharon Stone in a male fantasy movie? No, yeah, no doubt. Really? Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> word. <Sorry. laughs> it's yeah, I love I love this film. It's it's a great awesome. great movie for
0: sure. Cool. And uh, Don, what about you in Total Recall?
2: I I really like this movie. I've mm-hmm. I've seen it. I, I, I've seen this movie quite a few times. I've read the source material. Love Philip K. Deck. Um,
0: no, it did vary. I quite like. A, it, it did vary quite a bit. Correct. What do you mean? Uh, did it vary from,
2: from the from the source material? Yeah. Uh It was actually. Um, the source material was closer to this version than the Colin Farrell version, really? by far. Yeah, yeah, by far. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I and that's part of the reason why I still really like this version over the other one. Yeah. Um, I at the time Arnold Schwarzenegger was not not at the peak, but definitely uh, his his whole. Thing with the action adventure sci-fi star was definitely on the on the backslide um, rather than the peak, you know, with his uh, doing the Running Man and other un, um, sorry, uh, king movie king sci-fi movies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or even just action movies in general, Commando, The Running Man, um, Predator, Predator. There, thank you.
0: Red Red Heat. Uh Red Sonya, Terminator, Conan movies.
2: Yep. And uh,
3: um, this yeah. was
2: kind of this was kind of in the backslide. And um, Cole's right, this is a huge action fantasy uh guy fantasy movie, but it's it's completely intended to be because mm-hmm. um it's about it, it is, it's about his fantasy. After the first twenty minutes or so, once he sits in that chair at recall, you are not supposed to know It's completely up to your imagination as to whether it's real or fantasy. Yes. And that's how it is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Verhoeven um, uh, intentionally did that. He left it ambiguous so that it would completely be up to the viewer's interpretation.
0: Yeah, and I think they did a really good job in it outside of the, of the that remake. Uh, they, this one definitely keeps you questioning it. I mean, you really are put in the position of uh, Quaid, of trying to figure out, wait, is this real? And as you start to see more fantastical things on Mars, you really start to question it. <laughs> Glenn, what about you with Total Recall?
4: Get your butt to <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I Yeah, when this movie came out, oh my gosh. Um, I remember seeing it in the theater. And I remember when it came on a video, and I probably wore that tape out. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched this one so many times. I, even, I did a Star Frontiers RPG game based off of this movie. Uh, yeah, I had, I had maps of like the whole the mines and you know the little the whole city and Mars and everything. Oh yeah, so I, I love this movie. Now it's uh, I've read the book too, and yeah, uh, Dawn is right. It, it is closer closer to the book than than the uh, other thing that was made. Um,
1: <laughs> and
4: it, it it's also a movie where. It's, I mean the level of violence. Is oh yeah. way up there, way up there, and, and it's and it's it's uh it's in a lot of ways it's different from a lot of the other violent movies that I had seen up to this point, because like you know you have movies you have other movies where people are shot you know there's there's high body counts, but you don't have scenes like him holding the body on the escalator.
5: <laughs> oh god.
4: The whole body getting torn up by bullets and just blah 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 blah, blah but then he shoots some guys, and then blah, you know, and you didn't see stuff like that for the most part, where there was that much that much blood shown in an action movie. So that was something that was really cool to me, and I liked that a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It gets pretty brutal, but it, it's. Verhoeven, so I mean, it, it doesn't surprise you. you know, I mean, he had just done Robocop before this was his last film. Yeah. So, uh that definitely was in his, you know, in his uh, wheelhouse, if you will, uh, his signature. But there weren't many. No, there weren't many that were like that, and so uh, it definitely stood out
6: among the other action films that went on there. Uh, Andrew, what about you with Total Recall? Oh, I, let's go back to 1990 in the old journal for a second. <laughs> yeah, let's see nice. it. I, I, I do. I was 13 years old. This journal entry is dated August 22nd, 1990. Uh, it's a recap of favorite summer movies. Young Andrew's three favorite summer movies were Total Recall, Back to the Future 3, and The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Those oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, movie... Yeah, um, man, I was, of course, a big RoboCop fan being a kid. So, of course, I was really stoked to see Total Recall or anything with the name Paul Verhoeven on it. But, uh, you know, I, I remember my whole family went to see it. And then afterward, my mom, my poor mom was just like you know, I like this story, but why do they have to be so bloody and say so many cuss words? It just ruins the whole thing. And you know, she's got a point. The only thing more amazing than the films of Paul Verhoeven were the fact that anyone anyone let this guy into America to make movies for us. Because <laughs> all he is doing, all he is doing, and every single one of those things is laughing his ass off at us. And if you've ever listened to the commentary for Total Recall, those scenes that Glenn was talking about, the escalator and all that stuff, the horrible violence, he's laughing his balls off at this stuff and saying, Haha, when they step on the man's face, that shot was just for me.
2: Ha 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 ha.
6: I mean, it's it's just like you can't believe it. You can't believe I can't believe this. He just his movies kept being hits, and when they stopped being hits, he was out of here. You know, but mm-hmm. man, for these for these things, God, it's it just it's so he puts a there's in both RoboCop and Total Recall. a scene where someone's jugular is just punctured. You know what I mean? And just yeah. <laughs> And dude was just like, yeah. Bananas, you must, must more,
0: more blood coming out of neck. Oh, mean, God, yeah.
6: Just think about it, because essentially Total Recall, Robocop, why these things, they're children's stories. Unlike Ramy mm-hmm. with Dark Man, where he was making what I consider harmless fun movies that get rated R, Roven shouldn't have been allowed to do this. Stuff. I mean, like, <laughs> he, somebody would have said, now, wait a minute, dude. A jugular in this thing. We're we're in space. This is freaking. What are you doing, man? This what? You know, it's same thing with with RoboCop. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna make action figures out of this. But before we do, blow his hands off. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like looking back on it, you go, this is just. in I mean, to me, that's the legacy of Verhoeven and his work in the United States. It's just, can you believe they let this guy? Do? He's, he's fucking with us. He's fucking with everything. He's just a <laughs> maniac. That's my opinion on him. He, he definitely had that uh, impression from him that he was just,
0: oh, you, you give me some money, I'm going to make some really over-the-top action.
6: Yeah, and, and also putting a brown woman in one of the leading roles, the leading romantic role. Yes. That was one of the craziest he, things you ever did, buddy.
4: Probably had the studio executive in a room, and he just started going,
2: Open your mind.
6: <laughs> 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 yeah, because before this, Rachel Ticketon was uh, the love interest in A Critical Condition with Richard Pryor. Yeah, so she, she, was. T- she made this jump for a little while. Until, I mean, she was in, like, Falling Down, remember? Uh, Turbulence, mm-hmm. Con Air. She was yep. in some, like, action movie lady for a little bit, you know, and that's just, name your top... Brown action movie lady, You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, she
0: <laughs> she was she was not a lot of things for a while, and, and uh, she
6: was not the damsel in distress.
0: No, she, oh, she definitely could, not. Uh, she could hold her own in this one, especially, uh, and and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Paul, uh, your feeling with with this film?
3: Uh, this actually, I I think I did get to see in the theaters, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty happy that I was able to do. Uh, when I was a lot younger, I was very riveted by the various types of eye candy. Uh, well, action and, and the special effects included in that, of course. Um, and uh, as as I grew older again and rewatching this film again, I started to look at the deeper things of the movie, and I really, really liked the basically that mental head trip. Um, that this movie gives. And I really do like this version over the new version because um, this gave me the ending that I wanted. <laughs> it, it didn't actually force an ending that I didn't want. So sure. They
6: didn't even go to Mars in that one, right? They didn't go to Mars in the new one? Cracked. No,
5: they didn't. Uh, no, it's, it's, it was uh, They had like some kind of, if I recall, it was like a, a passage through the center of the Earth but
6: ain't Mars, yes. like, the whole imp- most important thing? Like, uh,
2: in the story, yes.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's... us weird. That's, that's like making Star Wars and going, let's not have Wars or, or Star. Choose one. We can't... Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the remake definitely... I don't want to yeah. get
6: into that, but I remember going, like, there was something weird about it when we went to see it, because of course I yeah. forgot about it, because that's sure. the point. But, like... Yeah, no Mars, man. Get your ass to... Wait, what? No. Where?
0: (laughs) Get your ass to... uh, The
6: Highway.
3: The Highway. A lot of the action.
6: Fourth and 35th. (laughs) When you hear the crunch, (laughs) you're eating chips. (laughs) Mr. Davis, uh, Total
5: Recall. I loved it. Uh, I did not get to see it in the theater, because like I said, it was hard to find people that were cool enough to take you to an R-rated movie sure. in my neighborhood at that time. And I, mean, I remember my brother coming back from the movie, and going, oh man, you gotta see this movie, it's so wild, there's like a violence, and And he's like talking about the movie and stuff, and he's saying like, dude, and you never know, man, is it in his head, is it not in his head, I mean, it's like, whoa, play with my head. Did I mention that he was really into The Grateful Dead? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Why didn't
6: he, he, he take you, Scott? Is that too personal of a question?
5: Yeah, and I well, and I said, Jeff, let's go, let's go see him. Like, fuck you. I'm like, oh. <laughs> he's a big brother. It was a, it was a while before we really got along. God, <laughs> I dude. love him now. He's a good guy. I want to, <laughs> I want to say that for the record. I love him now. But yeah, we had our issues. But anyway, but <laughs> but uh, uh, he um. Yeah, so I was like... I waited for... So I finally saw it on VHS, and I just loved it. I thought it was a great movie. Uh, It is like the successor to... It's basically combining uh, the... uh, As bombastic as James Cameron was starting to get uh, with uh, as extreme as Paul Verhoeven was starting to get. And, you know, you have the common denominator among those, which is Schwarzenegger, who was... uh, and not to, uh, he was at his peak, I think, at this point because I mean, it, this was uh, going into the '90s. I mean, I think his next movie after this—I mean, well, no, his next movie after this was *Kindergarten Cop*. But, you know, <laughs> and
0: and but, before but, this, he did *Twins*. your Point. Andrew. No,
5: his action—I I like actually. Not no, I like twins. I like both *Twins* and *Kindergarten Cop* a lot actually. Um, and you know, you have this great guy, and he he did these movies, and it was. Uh, Next thing I think was next summer was Terminator Two, which was like yep. I think his zenith.
2: Mm-hmm. Like that was like
5: he that was as big as he ever got, and he was like the king of the box office. He was great. The I love everything about this movie except as much as I love Arnold Schwarzenegger, as I do have an always have an issue that he is he at the beginning of the movie he like oh he's just an average construction worker. Arnold Schwarzenegger has never been an average anything <laughs> since he lifted his first weight, okay? <laughs> this guy, I mean, he's a guy who, I mean, it's like the Bill Burr concert. I mean, he, he can barely speak English, so what does he do? He becomes Mr. Mr. Austria, Mr. Universe, Mr. World, like all these things. He comes to the country. No one can't can barely speak English. No one can pronounce his name. He becomes the biggest motion picture star in the entire universe. I mean, this guy was. I mean, he was a, he was Superman. I mean, he's just it was so out of the ordinary that the only thing I have against the movie, as much as I like Arnold Schwarzenegger and love seeing him kick ass in this movie, is that it's hard for me to believe that he could ever pass as a normal human being. So, some of a lot of his best films in my thing in my idea has been. ...films that played on his bigger-than-life image. Uh, the first Conan movie, The Terminator. Um, Commando even did it because that was like a big comic book. Um, Twins and Kindergarten Cop both, both talked about him being like this like pumped-up Superman when put him into weird circum, uh, situations. And then you'd have like a film like Junior. Like, yes, he's a scientist. Like, no, he's not. He's not a scientist. No, he, you know, he's a kid, guy trying to get a present for his kid. He's just an ordinary guy. Like, he is not an ordinary guy. This guy is not ordinary. The, uh, you know, and it, it's it's weird because now I find myself like going back on this this year because he's in one of the year's best movies so far, Maggie.
0: Yes, which I think I that he,
5: it's a great movie, and I think that he's not Superman for once, and because he's getting older and everything, that it actually now works. But at so, the time, it was hard for me to believe that he could ever be an ordinary anything.
6: So who but would I you love... have picked for uh, for Quade? Like who would be your ideal? I Quaid don't from...
5: know. I don't like... know. See, you know, I I th- you know if they had h- done, had a Colin Farrell type at the time to put it in there, that would be nice. But the uh, Bruce Willis. <laughs> no, f- no, not fucking Blue either. Nope.
6: How, about, how cool. about Liam Neeson as Quaid?
5: Yeah.
6: Liam guess, Neeson would have worked as Quaid. I guess,
5: I think, then, well, yeah. Do you know,
6: when, you know who originally was going to
0: play
4: who Quaid?
6: Was. Who's that, Glenn?
4: Patrick Swayze. That's
6: oh, right. Yeah. I remember that, hearing that's about that. That's when
4: Eno it's De Laurentiis weird. was making it.
6: Yeah, he would have been a good... Oh, there's that whole... Oh, God. there's all. There's some great... On Alien, right? There's um, uh, Dan O'Bannon talks about their their plans for Total Recall. He and Ron Shusett, right? Is that am I remembering this right?
4: Yeah, yeah. They 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 wanted to, but they realized that they would never be able to make it with uh, with any kind of realistic budget. Yeah. Okay. The effects they would need to, so, and it was they decided to work on a different project instead that they had an idea for, and that oh, I just had way.
6: Total Recall from a bonus feature. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs>
0: Uh, and, and I yeah I I remember seeing this in the theater. I I'm going oh, to see it. Yeah. and I thought it was a blast. I'm like yes, because I loved RoboCop. So I'm just like this is awesome. And at the age that I was at, I'm going to say it, Dawn, I do apologize. She's got
2: three boobs. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh.
6: Why would why would three boobs offend Dawn? It's something we don't totally,
2: know. No, totally wouldn't. I just I always tried to wonder how the hell they did that with a prosthetic. Back then, Certainly, back then, that was, yeah. yeah. Looking trying to figure out how that would possibly be comfortable
6: <laughs> baby they you can't. strap everything down and build the whole thing out It's what uh, yeah. you know lunatic and night of the demons that's how steve johnson did the nipple uh, lipstick scene they just uh, they just bound her down and then they you know mm. just she's wearing you a towel you really
2: chestnut. have to be small enough to do that though
6: yeah. <laughs> yeah that that's that might have been part of the um you know that the role of...
2: Very true <laughs>
0: Uh so yeah, Arnold I, I will agree though. Arnold you know, he's sitting there going, What do you mean I'm not a common man? I'm like, dude, look in the mirror <laughs> you know, look in the mirror It's not his fault either.
5: I mean it's, it's, no, it's, no, it's I'm not a saying... victim he's a victim of his own achievement in that mm-hmm. in that sense. And that's uh so whenever they would try to put him in like an everyman role I'm like you're not an everyman. I would still love all these movies, don't get me wrong. I mean I love, you know, running man and all that other shit. But I mean hey. It's, but I mean, like, and I love this movie. But I mean, it was just like that one thing. It's like, yeah, not really. This guy should have been a nerd in an office. He shouldn't have been on a construction site. He should have been some nerd office drone. Which I I have not read the original book, but I believe isn't that that's what it's supposed to be kind of be from what I heard or no. I'm, I'm laughing sure.
2: on. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's supposed to be some sort of office drone, some sort of accountant looking fellow. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: yeah. like
6: Neo from Matrix or whatever. Yeah,
2: yeah. kind of, yeah. of
5: Neo. like, so, like yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, that's like who, for who she should have been, you know? I mean, the, when the remake came out, they kind of tried to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem was is that the remake came out and it was a remake of a film we had already seen. We, we were like, you know what? That the film itself was not that bad, the remake. But mm-hmm. you know, we've seen it, guys. You had your shot. <laughs> you had your shot. We saw it. In order to make this, we have to make it different, and you didn't make it different enough. So, yeah. That's why. So yeah, that's It's why too big of a hit. Good. Like, and that's yeah. why it didn't work. You know. But
0: Ar- Arnold definitely got into this. You know. Uh, Man, I've got to cut that word out of my vocabulary. Uh, I use definitely way too much. Anyway.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I love love being on Rain Rain Man's podcast. I mean, I think it's It's great.
0: Definitely. Definitely Hauser. Definitely (laughs) definitely Hauser. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Uh, Definitely Hauser. Oh, yeah, Dennis
6: Quaid. No. You do that pretty good, man. Now do Poodie Tang. Now do Tang. No, Poodie but, Tang is Rain Man. No, wait. <laughs> he, had, he had a great cast around him, though. I mean,
0: Michael Ironside actually is, is the, the foot soldier bad guy to the main bad guy who, as I mentioned before, could have been a relative to the bad guy in Robocop because this does take place in the future, we've got Ronnie Cox back playing a villain, big surprise, and (laughs) Ironside playing Richter, who I liked the Richter character because uh, he was not dumb. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, he wasn't exactly maybe the most efficient, but wouldn't you say, uh, Glenn, that, that Richter wasn't exactly a dumb villain, though? Because, I mean, he figures things out pretty quickly, uh, you know, as as Quaid's trying to uh, elude him.
4: Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, he figures stuff out pretty fast. I mean, he's definitely on the ball. The problem is, is that his boss did not fill him in on, on, on all the shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, most of the mistakes he made he makes is because he's doing his job the way he's supposed to be doing it but he wasn't told by his boss that you don't do your job the way you normally do it because there's something you don't know <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh,
0: he, he was a memorable uh, villain and, and Ronnie Cox too i mean he's one of those actors that I, I, he, it's like i need a villain i need an older villain who can i <laughs> cast hey ronnie cox <laughs> Uh, just like uh, the other guy who who got uh, casted uh the the principal from um Breakfast Club how he got always cast in those a-hole roles too <laughs> uh, but Cole what'd you think of uh Richter and uh you know Velos Kohagen played by Ronnie Cox uh what'd you think of our two villains in this
1: film? Uh terrific. I love their scenes together. Um I love Ronnie Cox from Beverly Hills Cop which is- Yes. Mm-hmm. Probably, it was my favorite film for a long time. I, I love that movie. And I love him in it. Um, but that, both of them are great in their scenes together. And then that little moment where they decide to kill him. Yeah. He's getting the implant, which is humorous. But, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I like those guys. hmm uh,
0: they were they were definitely decent villains. Uh, Don, what you what do you think of our two villains?
2: Michael Ironside is perfect. Yes, he is. I, I, had, I don't think I've ever seen anything that he's been in that I haven't enjoyed his performance. Um, from God, how badly am I going to date myself here? Um, from when he was in the TV series V. Yes. yes. Uh, visiting, hours. visiting
6: hours. hours. Yeah. Scanners.
2: Um, yep. Scanners. Um, man. Uh,
6: Who's that detective in the uh, wheelchair? I mean, no. His his yeah.
2: voice. His his voice acting in Heavy Metal Two Thousand. Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: in prom Night Two, he was in.
5: I'm going to give you another one. The one that I love, of course, Space Hunter.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh my God! Over, I am ha- looking dog. at the VHS for that right now. Overdog McNabb, he was awesome. Yes. I mean, you said if I made it to the maze, I could go free?
3: I lied. Nobody <laughs> goes free.
2: <laughs> I freaking I, loved him in that. <laughs> yes, they, I have. I seriously I have not seen anything that Michael Ironside has done that he's done badly. So, except for
6: answer Mark's emails.
2: Except
0: <laughs> for yeah, yeah. well, and as, and as, <laughs> I think the uh, yeah. the website was broken, but that's okay. Uh, it's it's no problem. But yes, I, I agree with you. Michael <laughs> Ironside really could do no wrong. And uh, later on, when uh, you know Starship Troopers came about, and we I got to see we see him again in there, I'm like, yes, I this man's great. And I, he was the best part of when they tried to re, you know keep Sequest alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He he really was. Uh, I yeah, he's definitely uh, one of those. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> he's one of those actors that uh, was one of my favorite. Still is one of my favorite actors. I uh, I always get kind of a, a smile on my face when I see him. And uh, I, I agree, his his scenes with Ronnie Cox were really memorable. <laughs> those two played off each other well. Uh, And speaking of villains, we do have a villainess in here. Now, this is before her famous scene of Basic Instinct. We have one Miss Sharon Stone in here playing his uh, wife in kind of an action role. Uh, Paul, uh, did that surprise you to see, I mean, knowing now, you know, because we've seen her in Basic Instinct, but Mm -hmm. seeing her in a role like this, is that a bit surprising? When I
3: first saw it, yes. But mm-hmm. since then, it, it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought she did a, a fantastic job. The first time I think I saw her was in The, uh, the Adventures of Alan Quartermain, I think. was
5: Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. King Solomon's mind. Which yeah. we did an
0: episode of. You can look it up right there on the iTunes. But uh,
5: anyway.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get it Definitely. now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, and and she wasn't she wasn't a character that was like, you know, just there, I mean, she, she played a pivotal part. And, and as much as we liked Richter, I, I liked her character just as much as I liked his character. Uh, because of the fact that, um, you know, you, you see Arnold Schwarzenegger and he was this big kind of intimidating guy. But I think she was able to put him in his place, too.
0: Well, and then, and then there's a little more layer to her as well, which I really liked. in all this, you know, in this film where you could have just gotten... Characters that were pretty flat, everybody from Richter to, uh, you know, Cohagen to mm-hmm. even her character, which is a minor character, you have a layer in that that you get that great conversation she has when she comes, uh, you know, when, she, when the goods are uh, out and, and it's, you know, given that he is, you know, she's not his wife. You get that interesting scene by the bar and some dialogue there that we get actually a little bit to know her character more than just Oh, she was on assignment. You know, I mean, she does mm-hmm. the thing about you want to tie me up, and uh, you know, <laughs> how do you how do you know I don't like it? You know, I mean, it was just little things like that. And she, I loved the fight between her and Rachel. to Tacon, Tacon, Thank Ticket you. Uh, what do you think of that fight, Glenn? <laughs> between these two,
4: <laughs> I loved it. Um, well, I loved it, but then. Uh, it uh I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. It was I'm glad it turned out the way it did, because at some point it's like, you know, as as good a fighter as she is, he's a giant guy. Yeah. <laughs> um and he he really just needs to land a hit. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it was well choreographed, which is which is what really played it because when when you're having two people square off, even though at that point he's just the Average destruction worker. Um, <laughs> have when, when a lot of times. A lot of times, we, a lot of times in movies, when people square off like this, we have this giant difference in size. They don't do anything other than just have a typical knockdown drag out on fight, and some other smaller person, you know, stands toe to toe with the bigger person. And this one, she does things where she uses her environment, right? Um, and and that I like. I like when when they do that because in truth, if she just stood there and tried to go punch for punch punch with him, that's going to be, she's going to hit him once, he's going to hit her once, and then she's going (laughs) to (laughs) explode.
0: But, you know, she held her own, too, though, in that cat fight, uh, basically, uh, sorry for lack of a better term, the the conflict she has with Rachel, those two really go at it.
4: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm in no way saying she's not a good fighter. I think she's she's a great fighter, but I mean, there's an obvious size difference. Well, yeah, between her and Arnold, and, her and, and, Arnold uh, yeah. and she knows she knows how to go about utilizing what skill she has and the environment she's in mm-hmm. to kind of downplay his advantage physically.
0: Right. And uh, that fight that the two two ladies have, though, uh, I I want to ask Andrew, uh, wouldn't you say that was a actually a bit unusual for? An action film of that time for those for that type of scene, wouldn't you say?
6: Yeah, man. I mean, that's it, it's so cool. Like it's you know right out of Sirio Santiago, except for nobody was topless. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to remember because I haven't seen it so long. Is there a vagina punch? Yes. 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 Okay. I'm just I, I was like I somehow started to remember most of what I remember. Is Sharon's doing was quite sweaty, and that was yeah you know, in uh, that workout outfit. Yeah, and, pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I was just like uh, you know as as we're talking, I'm sitting here thinking it's a vagina punch, right?
0: Yeah, Rachel. Rachel <laughs> uh,
6: gives one to Sharon, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why that. That that, that that part was an unusual.
2: <laughs>
5: said something. But that, that stuck out for me. <laughs> when you see
6: Pussy Punch, just because of alliteration.
5: No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It does no, have alliteration. I, just, no, I was actually thinking it's, it's Sharon Stone. It's taken worse. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. Which is a reference to what exactly?
5: Yeah. Oh, come on. Don't put me on the spot, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you said it. You brought it up. Moving on. Uh, cool. Uh, the, the fight between the two ladies. When you say that was a bit unusual? I mean, because you two really go at it, but I mean, for an action film, this kind of surprised me, and it was one of the scenes that always stood out for me was the, the fight between the two ladies.
1: Yeah, I mean, for an action film of this size, of this sort of, you know, wide-release nature, and everybody went to see it at, at the time, and it got great reviews, yeah, yeah, it was unusual. Um, it it shouldn't, shouldn't have been... No, it... it uh, but it was, but that scene kicks ass, you know. Um, uh, actually, the whole sequence kicks ass, and the fact mm-hmm. that that two women fight each other right in the middle of it shouldn't shouldn't stand out, but it really does. Uh, mm-hmm. But the whole sequence from when that, that, that uh, old character comes in and, and tries to tell Arnold that he's, you know, having a hallucination, which he very well may be. Shoots the guy in the head, and then the whole thing goes to hell. All that stuff is great. Yeah, you know, and it, um, it makes
6: a funny face when he shoots him in the head too. He looks, he looks like he's, you know, it looks like he's whistling before he dies.
1: Yeah.
5: <laughs> I'm just remembering
6: weird shit. I'm sorry. I, I,
5: I you know, I want to, if you don't mind, uh,
6: mm-hmm.
5: I'm sorry. And I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm like, I don't want to step on anybody here. Uh, but I, I was thinking about this the last time I watched the movie, which was like about a month or two ago. And um, whether or not this is a fantasy or reality of the Quaid character, it brings up something interesting with the Sharon Stone character because he finds out that you know, you know that she's not his wife, and he like they, they like turn on each other right away, and he kind of he kind of turns and they kind of turn on each other. If you know assuming that maybe if some of this was in his subconscious and stuff, do you think that there may have been some sort of unsettling subconscious resentment that he felt towards his wife um to towards that character like I don't know why, maybe and maybe she doesn't deserve it or anything like that, you know, depending on whether you believe it's fantasy or reality, but I, that was like a kind of disturbing thing that I noticed like you know they kind of turn. Pretty quickly on this character.
2: <laughs> you, you know, okay, uh, exploring that thought further. Ooh, my earphones are making funny noises. Um, exploring that thought further, the fact that they make Sharon Stone's character as uh, the wife of Richter, uh, is it that she was cheating on him at some point?
5: Oh. Possible. Yeah. I just felt like, you know, in order to turn it, even if it was, like, the subconscious and there's, like, a lot of theory and a lot of to suggest that it might be, you know, like they say, though, like like Cole mentioned, it is kept ambiguous, uh, I thought, you know, that's... And at one point he just says, consider that a divorce, like, jeez, was there something... <laughs> going on underneath the surface there. I might be going way too serious for such a for such a actiony movie. You might but, be digging
0: a little too deep, but no, I see I, where you're going really with it. I that
5: the last time I watched that, I'm like, geez, you know, that's kind of like it, it added a dark undercurrent to the story. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, Well that I didn't see as a kid. You
1: know, it's interesting that this was actually Cronenberg's project for a long time. And he and the producers had created differences, and uh, the producers, well, uh, specifically Stuart Kornfeld uh, of The Fly offered him a million to come and direct The Fly, and Cronenberg left, but I very much still see Cronenberg in this movie, I mean, the body horror thing and some of the weird mutations. I just wonder how much of the idea was developed, like in the mid '80s, until they finally, you know, got this thing out with uh, Verhoeven as the director. I don't know.
0: It's interesting. Those, those mutants definitely did have a <clears throat> did have a Cronenberg
6: feel to them. Well, and both directors have kind of a utilitarian aesthetic in terms of their sets and even the appearances of the actors and stuff like that. There's something really kind of like otherworldly, almost, or or bizarrely perfect about things you know so it, it they do fit together their styles fit together I think yeah I I think so too do you know uh, what, what's one thing that I was thinking while you guys were thinking that instead of uh, disguising himself as the big woman or whatever it would have been funny if the people like get to Mars and accidentally kill Randy Quaid instead <laughs> That'd <laughs> make it a whole different movie <laughs> National
2: Lampoon's
6: uh, Martian at yeah. <laughs> yeah, you but, know Quaid you think this uh, is the real Cousin Eddie? <laughs>
0: You know, Quade. Bang, uh, bang, shitter's full.
6: I'm going to have to skip on the sled, Quade. They poured an implant
1: Quaid in my nose. nose
0: and if I get hit wrong, the implant's going to go into my brain, and I just can't go on the sled, you know. <laughs> uh, Paul, why did he get your thoughts? I really think you? it matters Mark? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, anyway... Uh, and Paul, uh, how about you with that fight? You, you kind of made a comment. Yeah, the remake—they did do a knockdown, dragout fight, but I thought this this fight, especially for the time that it came out, was the the, the ladies didn't pull any punches.
3: No, exactly. Uh, that that is definitely it. I, even though I I do pre- pre- prefer the the Kate uh, uh, Beckinsale or whatever her name is. Yeah, Kate Beckinsale um, fight. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like Kate that Beckinsale. character. The remake over Sharon Stone, believe it or not. Um, but uh that beside the point, uh, I think that this the reason why this fight uh, between um, the two female leads uh in this film was so different was that they were actually fighting they weren't they weren't doing the the typical fight that you probably expected during um during a movie of that time period. It was like they were actually throwing kicks, throwing punches, they were fighting dirty. And it was just unbelievably real to me. Mm-hmm. And nobody rips the other's
0: clothes off. I didn't yeah, mention. Yeah, and they kept their clothes on too.
3: <laughs> well, and Char- Sharon was wearing that nice suit. I thought that was kind of it was a classy type of thing, you know. You know, prior to that, she was wearing that that workout outfit, and now this one she was actually fighting in a in a suit, and I thought it looked really cool. It looked it looked like a uh, like one of those stylish like cyberpunk type of. Mm-hmm. Um, type of outfits, for me anyways.
0: Yeah, and it shouldn't be a big deal, but, you, you know, like Andrew said, it shouldn't stand out, but I always remember that scene because it was something you had not... I don't not think I'm on. the one that
6: said that. I was the one that or, kept harping on the vagina punch. Oh, you were,
0: yeah, that's right, you were on the vagina I <laughs> think that
6: was Cole that said or the cold. actual smart thing. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, but, uh, yeah, it, it was something that really should not have been memorable for the reason it was but it was at that time and I I, you know even after it you didn't see too much of that between two women fights so it was it was a unique thing to have within this action-packed film to have a scene like that Uh, and I think that's what makes it cool you know what makes this film cool and the world building let's talk about the world building uh, on this film uh, uh Scott what do you think of this world of mars that he they built and just in general with the technology and that i mean you've got your verhoven classic everything's got a label on it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> product type thing. But what'd you think of the world they built with the Johnny Cabs and?
5: Uh, oh, I everybody. thought it was you know I thought you know and a lot of this I think was a Verhoeven thing too. Uh, and you also a bit of maybe I don't know maybe still a bit of Dan O'Bannon left over and such. But uh, I, I always felt that it was really really creative how they did this movie, uh, how how they managed to take. Little you know, and, and, and like Andrew was saying how how he, how he's laughing at us, you know, everything has the thing. Like for instance the Johnny only do you have the automatic cab, but he is so goddamn pleasant. <laughs> you know, he's so pleasant. Just like they probably would do. Uh, they would probably would have, like, make this person, just like when you try to pay your bill these days and they try to make the robots that are on the other line sound like they're human. You know they're not. So when I hear the actual person, the robot on the phone go, K, instead of saying, (laughs) all right, you know, it's just like, or affirmative. I hear, K, you know, I'm like, okay. (laughs) I know you're a freaking robot, just Process the damn bill. You know, lots of things like that are right on the money uh, Mm -hmm. as far as being subtle commentary. And, you know, as far as, you know, this also gets into, like, people, uh, corporations that, you know, take control of, you know, resources Mm -hmm. and they hoard the resources for their own profits. Well, I mean, what can you – what are people on Mars going to need? They're going to need air, I mean, and if you have somebody that can hoard... Now you can actually hoard and process and refine air. And, oh, how wealthy are you? Well, then you don't get the good air.
6: Oh, dude, the, that dialogue man where he's like, this, uh, the oxygen level's bottoming out. Uh, what do you want us to do? Don't do anything. But they won't last an hour. Fuck them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just I mean,
5: it's just like that horrible, like just that offhanded cruelty of it. That I, itself, I thought, was a commentary. I thought... The world itself was amazing, but I thought what was amazing about it was that everything in that world played into something that you could see actually happening within the context of the story.
6: Verhoeven yep. thinks a lot of people are assholes in Hollywood. <laughs> there you go.
5: And you know what? He's kind of right. <laughs>
6: <laughs> when Kate and I did the Showgirls podcast, I mean, that was one of the things we kept talking about about this yeah, guy, right. man. It's just, yeah. He's he talking about chalk. <laughs> he really is okay. He's talking
0: about the Hollywood machine. This is what he uh,
6: thinks. This is a this is not an American making this stuff. We got to remember that. That's true. It, it's not. It's from
0: a completely different perspective uh, that he's handling a, a, a Ameri- film made in America, not by uh,
6: someone who and, and who is also, if I didn't mention before, a maniac. He's a total maniac. Yes, yeah, he is totally crazy too.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, Glenn, what did you think of the world that was built by Verhoeven in this? Do we we get some classic Verhoeven-isms in here?
4: Oh, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as, I, as I said, I mean, I loved it so much, I I built an RPG around it. So. Sure,
0: sure, sure. Um, That's why I wanted and, to ask you uh, what you thought this world is kind of feasible. I, I agree with Scott that you could almost see this happening, could <laughs> you?
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's... If if you look at it in some ways it's it's not I mean it's it's almost foreshadowing of the the power that corporations have now.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, I mean I mean corporations were big back in the you know in nineteen ninety, but I mean compared to what they are now, corporations did not wield anywhere near the power they do now. Mm-hmm. And you know, figure, you know, I mean when you get to a place that is as out of reach, you know, as Mars would be you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of that kind of out of sight, out of mind. I mean, it, it could be very feasible for a corporation to have that level of control and that level of autonomy where they could pretty much do anything they want.
6: Just like in Space balls, right? Yeah, just like in Space
2: balls. Yeah. Just like. Well, I, I forget which state it was, but uh, the Mario's Johnson cor- sucks the blow. Actually. <laughs>
6: Or just like you know, um, he opens the can of air, you know just like it, yeah.
2: it was recently uh actually uh, determined by I forget which state um the state Supreme Court decided that it is actually illegal for people to have their houses off the grid, so whatever private uh electric uh gas or uh sewage, whatever company. It's it's mandated that people have to live on the grid and be provided those services.
6: Oh jeez. Well yeah, because if you're sick of the power company, we're like, yeah, I'll just go with that other one.
2: Nope, not gonna happen. There's one.
0: And I'm gonna dig into there a little bit deeper. You guys mentioned it and it just it watching it this last time, I'm like this is why I love this film so much, because it is so still relevant today. The issues mm-hmm. that they address in there. I yeah, let, Let's take the whole alien technology that could terraform Mars, and they don't engage it, even though it would help people, because then they wouldn't be able to make a profit on it. Let's parallel that over to the electric car and gas, which... Was being talked about back then, or healthcare, right? Or right. healthcare, or I mean, you get that theme in here in this film that is 25 years old, and there's still themes in here that apply today. You've got a class thing going on where you've got the corporate guy going, all those lower, you know, because they were all minors and, and and yes, you know, strippers and all of that, but it was it was the lower class. Ah, let them just suffocate, you know. That, that's fine. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, there are so many themes in this that still apply today. I don't know if that is a, uh, a plus for the film or a minus to how far a society hasn't gone in 25 years. <laughs> you're gonna get,
5: you know how, do you know how, you're going to get like all the, you know, Fox News people against this show? Right
6: no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you need to know to, is to know that they're going backwards. Is uh, you know, when they remade it, they cast a white lady in the uh, in Rachel Ticotin's part. So yes, they obviously did. Obviously, we have mm. not only have we not progressed, but we've regressed.
0: I mean, well, yeah, and you know, we're not on Mars either. We're on Earth. So exactly. you know, there's that whole immigration <laughs> thing. <laughs> okay, now I'm really reaching. Sorry. And no wow. vagina punch. What I is the world coming in? No vagina punch. How can you? But <laughs> oh. So uh, there are a lot of things. It, it's, a, it's a Verhoeven film, so there are a lot of things so going weird. on underneath the surface, and that's why I love his films. You know, for on a lot of people, knee-jerk reaction, they look at it all oh, ultra-violent. But then, if you if you just look just a little bit below that, I agree. He's laughing at American society so and showing us. All his movies
6: us, are satire. All his American movies are satire. Showing us how ridiculous human
0: nature is, and especially the U.S., (laughs) in many aspects. Uh, So, total recall. I think we all really enjoy it. Uh, I I have to ask Paul really quick, because it came up here. He messaged me, and I have to know. Tell me, why should Quaid be lobotomized?
3: There are several points in the film, and, and I could rattle them off if you'd like.
0: Go ahead. Okay. I, want to, I want to hear this.
3: All right. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just try to be quick about it, though. Um, uh, there are uh, a section, uh, basically, you've got uh, characters that pretty much already know what's going to happen to Quaid. Throughout the movie, you can see this. You've got the Bob, uh, Bob character, and he, he says that you're basically going to get the girl. Kill the bad guys and save the entire planet, which pretty much happens. Uh, so you almost think that it's planned. You've got the Ernie character who basically says uh, that uh, the the basically Mars is going to have blue skies. That actually did happen. Uh, you even have the Doctor who uh, essentially says, "Okay, uh, things are going to happen." And those things, right after right after he kills the the Doctor, all those things happen in order. Uh, then you also have another thing that Bob says, uh, and he talks about how bad vacations, you you lose your luggage, you have lousy weather, um, and you have crooked taxi drivers. Well, all those things happen to Doug, too, which is kind <laughs> of interesting. Uh, there's also a scene in there that flashes where when he's, uh, he's talking about his ideal woman, uh, Molina's
6: picture shows up.
3: It actually shows up. It's like how do, how do yeah. they have her picture if, you know, and yeah, she's almost kind to of
6: a nude scene with her. God, I forgot about that. Thanks, Paul. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, and this one is kind of stretching. This is also uh, with the with the doctor. There's a scene in there where uh, Quaid is just pulling him into the room, mm-hmm. and uh, you see his reflection in the mirror. But then once once he's actually talking to the doctor, from that point on, the doctor is saying, "I'm not real. Uh, this is all. You're you're stuck in a chair, right?" Uh, and you don't actually see him from that point on. You see his reflection getting thrown uh, uh, in the mirror. You'll see his reflection, and then he's out of, because of the way the mirror is positioned, you don't see the Doctor's reflection anymore, and so you kind of think, well, maybe he isn't real <laughs> at that point, <laughs> and uh, because of what the Doctor said, the way the things happen, uh, I really do, that, that's the ending that I want. I wanted it to be that uh, this was wasn't vegetable. real. That this was all part of a head trip, and he he basically goofed up.
5: (laughs) (laughs) The uh, I I believe you know I I I know that Verhoeven tried to make it ambiguous in the movie. Mm -hmm. I think he actually does say in the audio commentary on the in the audio commentary what it is. I haven't listened to the audio commentary. Mm -hmm. I uh, I agree. I've always thought that it kind of might be that it is it's all in his head the only clue that i o- that i can possibly offer to combat that and it might not even be true cuz i mean everybody from like uh, filmmakers to crack.com has said no it's it's fantasy um, mm-hmm. is uh that there are scenes that take place without Quaid being present yeah yeah, yeah. and that's the yeah. one thing i'm like what if it was a fantasy what would be the purpose of all this wouldn't we just experience it as he's experiencing it
0: unless unless he's he's experiencing those parts on his brain as part of his fantasy i mean you could dream and not necessarily be in a scene
3: it, it's and, like reading a book you don't follow the main character throughout the entire book sometimes you got to get the yeah
5: but he but he has but he did sign on to that's true. Be, to be included in every part as it yep. happens.
0: Yeah.
5: Uh, it is, and if they have these parts, I mean, you could just argue like, well, it's just exposition. Like, well, there wouldn't be exposition. He would be involved in the exposition. <laughs> you know, that's the only thing I have to combat it. And honestly, you, you, I, you know the, he gives, I know I know he gives. I know he gives the response, but I still. I still keep well, that, it, yeah that
1: commentary Scott, have you listened to the commentary?
5: i as I said, I have not listened to it myself, okay. so I
1: cannot say this, I mean he kind of does, but. I mean, it's it's very it's, it, you know, he it's not like he's like this is the way it is or
5: something. It's, it's not like it's not like Rid- Ridley Scott where he just said yes, gave a definitive answer on Blade Runner. <laughs> 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 no, I'm serious. I'm I don't serious, care what but, you think of it. <laughs> this like, is my like, vision. Because I because I know that De- that after you know, like years of guesswork, Ridley Scott basically gave a definitive answer on Blade Runner, another Philip K. Dick story. Yes, know. it is. Uh, it so was- it's not like that you're saying, Cole.
1: <laughs> I'm not from what I remember although now that I'm opening my big fat mouth I'm wondering if one <laughs> thing is accurate I, well, I mean, because become... I don't
5: know because I don't know either you know all I know is seeing a posting on crack.com and you never know what what people are posting there you
0: yeah, saw it on the internet it had to be true yeah
5: exactly you know you <laughs> oh, I can't say so like I say like I don't know I mean. Sure. Uh, but but, like the evidence I ha- so I always kind of keep it up for grabs in my head, you know yeah. but uh, the only but you know I agree with all of paul 's points, absolutely, yeah, uh, the only thing to play devil 's advocate that I can do to combat that is the scenes where he is not present, sure, I still think it 's possible,, point,
3: man, I mean.
0: I think, I think this is the whole spinning top argument, and yes, folks, if you don't think Total Recall influenced filmmakers later on, check out Inception, and you tell me that ending there is, is <laughs> meant to be almost as ambiguous, whereas people watched it forever to try to see if the top varied or stopped. Or whatnot. This is an equivalent to and that. And again, post. going and
5: again going to the exact same crack.com post. It does not matter if the top spins or not because that was not his uh, 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 thing. It was that was not that was not Leonardo DiCaprio's. That was the, the thing that went belonged to his wife. Yep. It, it, exactly. so, it doesn't ma- so, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying it's, it's a it's a
0: similar debate. It, it yeah. really is a very familiar uh, debate, and you can see the influences in that. Uh, you know that that idea of whether or not it's a dream or not. Uh, you know, especially with Total Recall, and, and for me, I like to leave it a little ambiguous. In that, you know, either way, it just. You know, take it as it is, and it's it's what you interpret it as. Did you see the top falter or not? Do you do you see Quaid imagining these other scenes that he wasn't around for or not? It's for you to decide. I just know that he's really got a twisted imagination when it comes to Quado, the oozy little yeah, alien. Yeah, that did that was from a, somewhere. That was a
6: <laughs> throw. But, well, maybe he watched Basket Case before he went yeah. in for the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, my eighth grade uh, science teacher would call her Coado. She was pregnant.
5: Oh, God. Wow.
0: Whoa. And on that note, I think we're going to close up shop for the evening. (laughs) Let's roll down the aisle quick and everybody pimp your stuff. Cole, go ahead, sir.
1: Well, I just wanted to say thanks for having me on the show. I'm probably the only non-professional movie reviewer, so I kind of (laughs) just...
5: You're a professional filmmaker, be, that's better. <laughs>
1: uh, sometimes I wonder what the fuck am I doing in a room with you guys. You guys Uh-oh, are like, please. you guys uh, are I professionals. You're,
5: um, you're I, I really well, am honored. Oh, oh I man, I love you, man. I think you are awesome.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near... You guys are, are like the film critics of that, <laughs> that, I, that I read. I mean, I, I tune into your stuff. Anyways... Uh, just to cut the off that short, I'm on Facebook because I'm poor. Um, <laughs> for, uh, Shadows and Lovers Productions uh, or Horror Roar, um, but I'm always around, so.
0: Let's talk movies. Great great art there on Horror Roar, the Facebook group. If you haven't gone there yet, folks, oh, yeah. search for it and check it out. Cole does some great posters, some mashup posters, some other great things on there. Really stuff that I would I wish were real posters for some of those films, Cole. Some of those things you come up with are just just mind blowingly good, man. Great. Uh so good stuff there. So check his stuff out there. And Don, go ahead. Where can we find you?
2: Oh, I, I'm totally not a professional. I'm just some crazy person that writes a blog about movies Sometime You can find <laughs> it at intheaudience.net.
0: Yes, in it, the audience.net, check it out. Some great reads there. She will definitely pick you. And there's my, definitely, oh yeah, she's got some <laughs> movies there that I'm sure you haven't heard of, but you should have. And so check it out there. Glenn, uh, sir, where can we find you?
4: You can find me on Facebook, Naked Hobo Productions, as well as BBB Bunker. You can find me on YouTube, Naked Hobo Productions, and BBB Bunker. You can follow me on Twitter, at Naked Hobo. Yeah, other places too, but those are the most
0: important ones. (laughs) Those are the most important ones. Check out his reviews and his short films on his channel. Fantastic stuff there. Andrew Shearer, the lovely Andrew Shearer, please, sir, where
6: can people find your stuff? Oh, man, just want to say thanks for letting me do this stuff. Sometimes I forget to say thank you for letting me come on here, man. I really appreciate it. I really do. And I say some dumb shit, so I I really am glad y'all just humor me and stuff. Uh on uh, Amazon on demand if you got two books consider renting one of my feature films fake blood mondo gonzo um Pajama Nightmare or the latest underground cinema, Cinema with an S. And if you're one of the people that likes to buy DVDs, I always forget this. Yeah, I sell DVDs too. They got bonus features <laughs> and all this crazy stuff. And those movies that are on Amazon on demand are not necessarily all available on DVD and vice versa. I got some special things. Dr. Humpenstein's Erotic Castle. For <laughs> uh,
0: I'm,
3: actually got,
5: I'm actually ordering that. They
6: have commentary. Totally they, they have extra short films. There's one about a, a butt that's possessed. You know, so gunsorific.com Just I don't, I'm not asking for a lot of your money. These are like five, eight bucks or whatever, and it's all homemade stuff. So can't get it anywhere else, man. Blah. Awesome.
5: I already, I already have the Pajama Nightmare and um, Underground Cinema DVDs, and they're they're both awesome, guys.
6: Scott's like the guy that's looking for nipples in Scrooge (laughs) you
5: can believe
6: believe what he says because he's He's really really trying
5: he's really looking thank you (laughs) you, Scott the pause button was invented
0: (laughs) Paul where can we find you
3: well when I'm not spending all of my money at the local recall affiliate um, (laughs) I can be found at forsakenfilmreviews.wordpress.com
0: Awesome, and Mr. Scotty D, go.
5: Okay, you can catch everything I do at movieocracy.com. Kind of a catch-all for all the podcast things, the right articles I write, uh, episodes. But I also have a web series called Movieocracy, and I just published it. Uh, I don't know, published, released, whatever. My first episode in four months. You can catch that at vimeo.com slash channel slash It's an episode on the Empire of Ash quote-unquote trilogy uh, which is a b- bunch of post-apocalyptic Meg knockoffs. You can't see that on YouTube. It will not be available on YouTube because YouTube sucks. And they said, <laughs> and they said no to a 17-minute video because I have a strike against my account because somebody didn't like to see uh, girls making out in another video I did. So the homophobes. Uh, I uh, So I urge you to go to vimeo.com slash channel slash and check out the episodes, uh, all 22 episodes that are currently available, including the banned ones of my web series, Moviocrity.
0: Awesome. And you can find links to everybody as well from our website, specialmarkproductions.com, where if you're not interested at all, you can find my movie reviews for The Final Cut, where I do a lot of indie stuff. I've got some more new ones uh, uh, coming up this weekend that I'm posting. Uh, Some definitely interesting films. Oh, yeah, definitely. And (laughs) you can also find a playlist there of the movie reviews I do for We Live Film, where I do two horror segments a week. I've got the interviews up there as well as the spoiler room archive. And soon there will be a section for some of my video work that I actually do, it's not movie review related right now. I'm once again doing the Lonely Trooper vlogs. I've actually got three episodes yeah. up, two episodes in canon and one that was inspired by Mr. Shy Leboff. Uh, I just had to do it. Uh, so <laughs> just do it. Um, <laughs> It was, it was a motivational speech by TK422.5 so if you haven't checked that out yet, go to my YouTube page, uh, <laughs> youtube.com slash specialmark or go to the special mark productions where you can find all my stuff, find all of these lovely people's work who have been uh, very kind for this late night to talk about these two films, hope you've been enjoying these 25th anniversary series we've got a lot more great stuff coming in the month of July and make sure you're tuning in the spoiler room leave your comments and rate us on iTunes and Stitcher, go to podcast podcastland.net and vote for us in the movie and tv section because here in the spoiler room the conversation is fresh but the movies are definitely spoiled hope you enjoy the ride